0: NEI Hoops Report, the number one rated NEI basketball coverage in the world, is proud to present the Road to Muni Podcast with Junior and Pat. Hello, NEI Hoops Nation, and welcome to the Road to Muni Podcast. Uh, Pat, you know, you know, we like to laugh with the lost files. I believe this is actually episode eleven, uh, with a recorded, I believe. Actually, it's episode 12. I think it's actually episode 9 of Actually Recorded and uh, No Issues. So, uh, you know, just pick a number between 9 and 11. We'll, we'll run with it today. But uh, on this episode, uh, we're going to actually, uh, you get Pat and I for the entire uh, episode. And before we turn it off, I think we got uh, some, some good uh, stuff for you. We're going to go a deep dive into some of the uh, standings around the country. I think uh, with about uh, uh, 35 days, I think it is before we get uh, into conference tournament action, it's kind of good to see kind of where some of these leagues are at with their standings. Um, You know, some of these teams who are battling for, for uh, spots in the conference tournament, but also for conference titles. So uh, Pat and I are going to take a deep dive down into that. And then after we get done with the standings, we will turn our attention to uh, our stock risers and then uh, we'll get into some of our favorite matchups for this week. So Pat, as always, I have Pat as Pat Dirksen as the co-host. Pat, how you doing, buddy? I'm good,
1: yeah. And, you know, this podcast was was rebranded as the Road to Muni, and I feel like now we're starting to see that road really kind of take shape and, and see some some real contenders and, and who's going to compete for a national title. Yeah, so excited to dive a little bit deeper and see who really is, you know, starting to you know, pave their own road to Muni.
0: Yeah, pave their own road, and then, uh, you know, and, and we'll, I said we'll get a little bit deeper into some of the game's action as we go in through the leagues, but, uh, um, you know, maybe starting off just with the, the amount of ranked teams uh, that got knocked off this weekend. Again, it's, uh, it's turning around to, uh, uh, you know, interesting uh, final 30 here, 34, 35 days. I think the 20th is the first uh, conference tournament. I think there's only one league going off, and then most of them are – Around the twenty first, twenty second. So, uh, you know, if if this past week Pat is any any indication of what we're gonna get the rest of the these thirty days here, it's gonna be a, a grand old time.
1: Yeah, and it, every year it, it always seems surprising, but I feel like every year it's kind of the same story where it's teams. It you know, it's it's hard to continue playing really really well down the stretch, and every night is a new challenge, especially as we, you know, see teams vying for a conference tournament position all these top teams are going to continue to get everybody else's best shot. So you got to be able to compete night in and night out. And you can't think about having a conference tournament bid already locked up or, you know, a seating already secured. You've got to be ready to compete every single night.
0: Well, I think that's why you see a lot of the same old uh, teams at the top of league standings, you know, the Unions, the William Penns, the Indiana Wesleyans, uh, you know, they're just used to it. They're used to it. Their coaches are – or have been there before. They understand how to get, how to prepare their teams. They understand that they are going to get everybody's best shot, and they understand when they're not playing their best basketball, uh, how to maybe get, maybe uh, you know, manufacture a win or two from themselves. You know, I know that a lot of the, the Johnnies and Joes are important as well, but uh, um, you're seeing a lot of coaches who who are uh, have their teams back at top standings. Uh, and they're just used to it, and I think that, that helps them along the way and help guide their teams along the way, especially because you got a lot of young players on on all three of those teams that we just mentioned um, that, that uh, you know, maybe they haven't been through it, uh, but they can lean on some of these veteran players and these coaches that have been there before to uh, stay top as they go for a conference title. Yeah, that's
1: so true, and, and especially assistant coaches, right? And I think some of the most important people right now, and we see this a lot in the NAIA, are assistant coaches that have just joined the staff but were players in the program previously. So you mentioned, you know, teams that are are storied and, you know, kind of are historically, excuse me, atop the league that maybe have assistants that have played there that, you know, you don't necessarily have the veteran that's been there for four years. But if you have a guy that is a proven winner within the program that is just now on staff, I think he's invaluable. And, And assistants in general, when it comes to scheming and scouting and, you know, making minor tweaks, to game plans, all of this becomes so creative down the stretch, the way you defend, or maybe you put a little wrinkle in offensively to just, you know, give yourself a little bit of an edge here as you see teams, you know, maybe for the, for the second and as we head into the conference tournament a third time.
0: Yeah. And, and a really cool point or a really cool uh, part off of what you just said. Um You know, we have, a, we've seen a lot of, I don't know if you've been paying attention, but a lot of division one, uh games here um that we're watching you know you're seeing assistant coaches run the timeouts and there's been a lot more comments you know from fans about like you know oh why is the head coach not running a timeout but we've been seeing that in the NEI for years now so you know it's kind of fun to watch the, you know the the those assistant coaches who you know sometimes the coaches are just better at motivating or better at you know you know in-game adjustments or focusing on that they're not you know necessarily your ex is no guy and I think you got to play to your strengths. And so it's really cool to see a lot of these assistant coaches and you watch games around the country. Um, and, and, you know, some of these games don't go to, to go, don't go to timeouts uh, or commercial breaks. They, they have the the huddle going and uh, you know, you're going to watch some of these uh, assistant coaches draw plays or, or whatever it may be. So um, yeah, good, good to shout out by you on, on uh, the assistant coaches. And um, I think as we've seen some of these division one coaches, you uh, uh, give up their, you know, quote-unquote power to uh, their assistants and allow them to, to run some of these huddles and draw up plays. Um, I think it's cool to see uh, as, as you're watching the NEI level as well because we have a lot of great head coaches, but also a lot of great assistant coaches as well. Yeah, that's so true. And,
1: you know, I, I think some assistant coaches just, you know, they're not the old head head coach, right? It's uh, typically some, most most times a younger guy, right, just able to relate to players a little bit differently helping them understand, you know, I I think late game, they become even more valuable or or when a a young player makes a mistake, it's easier for a young assistant coach to get through that player sometimes than the head coaches and and they can kind of communicate and speak to players differently. So yeah, invaluable assets there, those assistant coaches.
0: No doubt, no doubt. But uh, let's go ahead and uh, jump right in. Um, I I know that uh, we're going to start with you with American Midwest conference and Uh, For for those that are are sticking around here, I appreciate it. I know that uh, uh, many people come for the coaches, but uh, I know uh, we're going to hear in the next 20 minutes uh, cover each league. So, uh, Pat, why don't you get us started here with the American uh, Midwest Conference? Yeah, it's
1: pretty straightforward here. It's looking like Columbia should probably, you know, win this thing. And I think it's unique as we'll get into these. um, You know, some leagues, every team gets in. Some leagues, only eight teams get in. Some leagues have one automatic bid. Some have two automatic bids. So this is this is one of those situations where every team is going to make it. Missouri Baptist has played some pretty good ball all season long. Might be able to challenge Columbia uh, at the top, but but so far it's looking like Columbia uh, should be the one seed. And, and you know, if all things considered, the way they played in, in league play this year should probably win it.
0: Yeah, it's it's two two horse race probably with uh uh, Columbia, Missouri Baptist. Uh, Mo, Mo Bap is just one game back right now, but uh, certainly, um, you know, as you look across the the league, uh, you know, you'd be shocked if if one of those two weren't the one seed right now. And um, you know, speaking of being shocked uh, by one seeds, uh, you know, the moving on to the Appalachian Athletic Conference. Um, this is a league uh, for those that don't know who've been has been absolutely owned uh, by the Union Bulldogs, and uh, they're they're right there again. Uh, probably going to be the first team, uh, Pat, to uh, lock up an automatic bid. Um, one of their one of the Appalachian Athletic Conference's auto bids is uh, the regular season champion uh, Union right now with a four game lead uh, right now over Tennessee Wesleyan, uh, looking like they're uh, going to probably be uh, as the rankings come out this week. Uh, maybe a top five team with everybody going down uh, in the rankings. So uh, you know, maybe three of the the more more elite scores in the country on one team. Uh, with Markel Turner, uh, Markel Sullivan, and, and uh, Taryn Hamilton. Uh, just a group that I mentioned earlier on social media this week that uh, they can light it up and score with anybody. So uh, as we get get to, uh, to paint the picture towards a national title this year, um, I, I would definitely throw them in that contenders list. Um, and as we uh, sit there, I, they're definitely going to win. Their, it's hard to say definitely, but they should win the Appalachian Athletic Conference, and they probably have a chance to lock it up here uh, maybe even before February, depending on how uh, this week's games go.
1: Yeah, and, and transitioning now into the Cal Pack and Antelope Valley is, is one of those storied NAIA programs. They sit atop the league. Um, they're seventeen and one on the year, but their one loss comes to St. Catherine. St. Catherine is currently the two seed uh, in the Cal Pack, and this is one of those leagues. Just six teams get in, right? And, and it feels like at this point, seeds two through six are really up for grabs. And nothing is safe at this point, it seems to be. and We have seen teams now kind of late in the season stumble, right, and, you know, turn one loss into two and two into four maybe. And If you find yourself sliding, you can slide in this league out of position to make the conference tournament. So, um, like I said, it feels like two through six are really up for grabs at this point. St. Catherine is the second seed, but, you know, who knows what can happen these are the exciting pairings where it's like who can rise to the top who can rise to the occasion and maybe challenge antelope valley
0: yeah and i think even antelope valley uh you know this is a, a league that you gotta you gotta maybe look out for a bid stealer because uh uh you know antelope valley at one is probably going to be an at-large bid um you know I, I think they're off the bubble right now i think they're firmly in uh, but, you know, you always you know, you have to look at that conference tournament, a, a league that uh, I know Ben, ben Ume- Benedictine University Mesa uh, the last couple of years, uh, uh, you know, has come through and, and won that tournament. And if a team like that wins the tournament this year, you know, what does the committee do with an Antelope Valley? And that's uh, right now I would say they're in. Uh, so, you know, maybe a CalPAC is a, a league to watch out for as a, a bid stealer league if Antelope Valley can't win the tournament. Uh, but moving into uh, the Cascade. Um, another league, uh, you know, just like Union, College of Idaho kind of running away with it right now. Um, Eastern Oregon right now, just three games back, uh, and, and uh, Warner Pacific actually has uh, um, is, is moved into that uh, three-hole uh, ahead of Corbin, uh, a good Corbin team who's, who's won a lot of games. And unfortunately, uh, you know, they got College of Idaho at home uh, last week uh, and just was not able to hold on uh, to that one. And uh, College of Idaho – uh, right now, uh, eight or the second to lar- or second to longest uh, win streak in the NEI right now, uh, just absolutely rolling in the in the C- Cascade Collegiate A- or Conference right now. And so, um, you know, their their tournament going to start up on February twenty first. Uh, you got to expect College of Idaho to be the one seed, um, but even in the back part of this lineup here, you know, uh, you know, you got to, uh, you know teams that are firmly in. Uh, you know, here you're gonna, probably going to have Evergreen and Walla Walla who are going to be out. Uh, but another tournament, uh, you know, College of Idaho is rolling. Uh, but maybe, maybe another bid stealer, if because uh, uh, I think that this is a team that or a league that could probably see three teams in. Uh, but if they continue to beat up on each other, uh, you know, that may may only move to two teams, and they get two LR or they get two auto bids in this league. But uh, uh, it'll be interesting to see where that third team is at when they come down uh, to the end of the season here. Yeah. And this is a league
1: that we talked earlier in the year has been tested, right? As as a lot of these teams have played a pretty tough schedule. So yeah, they are, they're certainly battle tested. They're certainly, um, you know, I I think primed in college of Idaho is one of those, those teams to watch, right? We talked at length about them on this podcast, but certainly are um, going to be an intriguing team as, as we head into March. We'll We'll move now. We'll go ahead.
0: You even look in, I'll just add one more part here. I mean, you know, only eight teams are going to make this league uh, uh, tournament. And uh, right now, Oregon Tech, who was a, a preseason top 25 team, um, is sitting on that bubble line. Right now they're in. They're a game up on Bush, Bushnell, a uh, game up on Northwest. But uh, uh, only one of those three teams are going to make it. And, uh, um, you know, I, obviously Lewis-Clark State uh, is one game up on Oregon Tech. But, uh, you know, you have a couple couple story programs there in Oregon Tech and, and Lewis-Clark State who, uh, who need some uh, wins here to make sure that they're going to get into that, that conference tournament.
1: Yeah, and we'll move now into the, the CCAC. If we want to turn this into the Holy Cross Hour, we can go ahead um, and do that. We'll call our shot right now and say, Holy Cross is probably going to win this thing, and we can just move on to the next league.
0: <laughs> no, I'm
1: just kidding. Eight teams make this league, right? And two auto bids out of this league. And what we've seen over the last few weeks is, is the top four teams really have kind of solidified themselves but how they're going to fall is, is going to be interesting to watch. Roosevelt sits at top right now. All of that, who I might mention, just got beat by Holy Cross um, on Saturday. St. X and then IUSB are those four teams, and they they've all have lost over the last few weeks, and, and it's going to be interesting to see how the dust settles on the top four. Um, and then, you know, it's Holy Cross is, is firmly above the cut line and. You know, so we'll see if they're able to. You know, who who's going to make the noise there? It, it's a league that you know feels like it really could uh, be anybody's. It's a big, big league, one of the biggest leagues in all of the NAI. Um, so almost half a league doesn't make the tournament.
0: Well, number one, uh, I, I really thought you were going to speak Holy Cross into the intro. So so kudos to you for being one of the last last long uh, without without mentioning them. But, yeah, uh, you know. Just to to go off this, and I know that you're you're hesitant on uh, on going too big on on Holy Cross, but uh, uh, you know I'll I'll just throw this in. You know they've got wins over Olivet you know, and Saint X right now, so um, I mean if they're going to hang out with that that seven or eight seed, you know I, I think uh, you're maybe a little bit nervous if you're a team that's already placed played Holy Cross and uh, you get mashed up with them in the opening round. Uh, well, think- and I'll tell
1: you what, Saint X was number one in the league when Holy Cross beat them. All of that on Saturday was number one in the league when Holy Cross beat him who's coming to town on Wednesday the number one team team in the league in Roosevelt
0: yep yeah that's uh that's an interesting thing to watch out for I, I think that uh, you know this is a league that uh, yeah those top four teams are, are are pretty good you know I think three teams probably get in right now and and you can see a fourth one from the CCAC as well so um, I, I, like you said a big league. Uh, and, and one that uh, certainly you need to watch out for uh, moving forward here because uh, there's a lot that could happen here between now and the next uh, – actually, their uh, uh, tournament is going to start up on the 21st as well, so February 21st. So uh, uh, a lot to happen here over this last month, and I know that uh, you're going to be right in the heart of it and calling some of these games. So uh, a lot of fun for you as well. Uh, you know, moving over into uh, the, the independent league, actually, uh, the Continental Athletic Conference – uh, not really, you know for for those that don't know, this is a league, and I know we've 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 mentioned it several times, but a uh, a league that doesn't necessarily quote unquote have conference games., they uh, are like conference schedule. They do play quite a few each uh, games against each other. Um, I know that they do keep the records. Uh, but ultimately, it's gonna be the top eight teams going to Haskell this year uh, out in Kansas. Uh, and so you know how that's how that goes about is the league gets together and most on the top eight teams. Um, I think that you're going to be shocked. I would be shocked if it's, uh, you know, not Florida College and Iowa Wesleyan as as the number one and number two uh, teams. Matter of fact, on February second, we're going to get those two teams matched up against each other. Uh, so I'm looking forward to that game. That should be a big time uh, fun game, to uh, top twenty five game as well. Um, so uh, looking forward to that game, but or that game, but uh, uh, they should be the top two seeds, and then you got a Washington Adventist team who. Uh, you know, over the last few years has been very, very strong too. So uh, maybe Washington Ventus, to uh, you know, even from a three seed, uh, can get uh, get into a position where uh, they can, uh, uh, you know, win a, win the a tournament. But uh, really, uh, there's not really a, a regular season champion per se in this league. More so, just uh, who, where they're going to put seating at. And I would be willing to bet that Iowa Wesleyan or or uh, Florida College will end up being. Uh, that one seed in the Continental Athletic Conference. Uh, but, yeah, that, that uh, game I told you on February 20, or February 2nd, I'm sure we'll have more on down the road. And then as the, the tournament gets shaped up, uh, we will do our uh, conference tournament breakdown as well. Uh, but uh, interesting league for those that don't know uh, much about it. But um, um, two teams in the top 25 now that uh, uh, has not happened, I don't think, ever. So uh, the independents uh, at the top part of the independent league is, is very, very tough. Yeah. And
1: speaking of tough, we'll move into the crossroads league and kind of, uh, if you follow this podcast, one of the, in NAI basketball in general, one of the funniest storylines is Indiana Wesleyan. And we like to joke on this podcast and say that, you know, we're never wrong. Um, Boy, have we kind of, you know, been wrong about Indiana Wesleyan. You know, there were conversations at one point where it's like, you know, are they going to sneak into the top 25 this week or it's Sure enough, you go look at the Crossroads League standings and who sits atop? Indiana Wesleyan. Of course, you know, it's just like clockwork. Um, and, you know, this is a t- uh, the Crossroads League is, is one of the toughest leagues in all of America. Um, and eight teams make this, they get two auto bids. Wesleyan currently has a two game lead uh, on Grace. Grace, we've talked a lot about, it, is a really, really good team this year. Uh, I think a team that can make some noise. Uh, as you head to the head down the road, the Muni. Um, but uh, the interesting part here is going to be that battle for the eight spot in the, in the St. Fran- Francis, Mount Vernon, Nazarene and Spring Arbor are all going to duke it out for that eight spot. But what we're going to see here, I, I think is a serious, serious case of cannibalization where this league, you know, every night there really is no kind of runaway game. You're, between those top four teams and and just kind of everybody gets it's, it's so crazy to me, the, the teams, you don't really see long winning streaks in this league. You just don't see it. Um, And so I think we'll continue to see that as we head down the stretcher these last few weeks of the season right now, Wesleyan has the lead, but very well could change.
0: Yeah. And you know, the crossroads league has been an interesting one all year long. and, And the fact that they usually dominate teams outside their league, and then they beat each other up in the league, and they're beating, up, beating each other up in the league again this year, but they really have dropped some games out of conference as well. I know Grace went down to Arizona Christian and knocked them off, but, you know, you look like an Indiana Wesleyan teams winning this league, who got swept by Indiana Tech this year, uh, you know, and so... Yeah. Um, Home
1: losses, rare for them.
0: Yeah, yep, and and it's, uh, you know, and, and I know there's been some others. Thomas Moore went in and knocked off Indiana Wesleyan as well, and uh, you go all the way down the line and, uh, in this league, and... and uh, um, it's just, just a you know, I'm not saying that for for any picking on it. Mean, I just, it's just a different league this year and, and, uh, in that f- aspect of it. But when you, when you talk about beating each other up, this is something we talked about earlier on that ep- episode here. Uh, you know, great Tonigal knows the Crossroads League and he knows how to win in the Crossroads League. And I think that's what we're seeing right now with Indiana Wesley. You know, while everybody else, like you said, you know, beats on each other and, and uh, uh, you know, they're suffering losses to each other. Indiana Wesleyan just tows the rope and continues to just grind out wins and get the wins. They defend their home court. They go and beat the team they're supposed to on the road. And, you know, they're going to drop a game or two, but ultimately they just, they've been there before and they know how to win the league, and we're seeing it again this year. Uh, yeah,
1: it, it's an interesting comment you make about, you know, losing games outside the league because that's obviously what the national tournament is, right? you might see a league team, but chances are, you're not going to. So
0: you got to be able
1: to adjust. And we talk about assistant coaches, you got to have a game plan in place um, for any and all, you know, situations.
0: Yeah. And and, and I say that knowing that the Crossroads league is one of the best leagues in the country. And I, yeah, not, not a shot at them at all. It's just an interesting fact that when we were, when I was looking at some standings, it was something that stuck up stuck out a little bit because you are so used to the Crossroads league, just beating down on other leagues. And, And this year just hasn't happened, but, uh, uh, still, a very, very good league. Uh, you're, you're looking at uh, four or three ranked teams, and, and a Huntington team that uh, Huntington and both uh, them and Bethel both could certainly be ranked in the top inside the top 25. Um, but should should they end up getting at least five teams probably in this league into the national tournament as well. So, um, you know, you talk about five teams in that league maybe making the national tournament, uh, but then you turn around and in the Frontier Conference, as we move in, only has six total teams in the entire league. <laughs> Um, and, and certainly an ultimate – or a, certainly an interesting league, uh, a league that plays each team three times. And, uh, you know, by the time you get to that – or by the time you get to the conference tournament, uh, you're seeing a team for the fourth, sometimes fifth time. And uh, it's just, a, just a, uh, a grueling league in that aspect. I mean, just playing the teams three times in the regular season uh, is never fun. Um, you know, we just saw a Carroll team who, who had been struggling uh, here – uh, you know, here lately, but uh, uh got a big rivalry win, win this weekend, uh, at home against Montana Tech. Um, and uh, Montana Tech currently leads the league or is con- currently uh, tied for first place of Providence in the league. Uh, but sitting at 18 and three overall, uh, you know, uh, Caleb Bellach, uh, uh, really good player. I watched him, uh, you know, I've watched him several times this year, but in the last two years actually, but uh, um, you know, carries the weight for for uh, Montana Tech, but uh, um, you know, very, very good team still, and in, in that going to Carroll is never easy, especially in a rivalry game. Uh, but uh, uh I, you would just expect Montana Tech to win this league, but uh, with with them losing this weekend, it certainly tightened up a bit.
1: Yeah, and like we said earlier, you know, nothing is safe at this point, right? When, when it comes to seeding and, and you know tournament pairings and all that, you just have to be ready. You can't let one loss turn into two and you got to know that every team is going to be giving you your best shot, so you know, it's going to be interesting to see. It. And we'll stay out west here as we head into the GSAC, which you know has been one of the most talked-about leagues on this podcast. And six of the ten teams make it; they get two auto bids, and it feels like you know the, the top five play in. But what's going to be interesting is this Jessup team versus Westmont battling it out for the sixth spot. And similar to the Crossroads League, we we have seen. You know, teams in this league kind of go up and down. Where Arizona Christian started off the year really strong. And then as we got into the league play, I've dropped a few games. And You know, this Jessup team who had some high, high hopes in the beginning of the season really hasn't got it rolling. But can they figure it out at the right time? Who knows? You know, and so I think it's going to be really interesting to see this, especially will will you know, as we think of the six teams that can make it how they play down, you know, the stretch in these last few weeks. It's, it's been some hard fought games out West in the G sec.
0: I talked to a, a coach out there in this league, uh, this weekend after, after the Saturday games and, uh, uh basically, uh, basically the, the direct quote would have been, uh, uh, our conference is a weird place. I told you. Yeah, to- that's true. Yeah. Sorry. For Jekyll, Jekyll and Hyde. And that's, you know, he was talking about his own team, but I think you you kind of say that about a lot of teams the G-SAC. About the the Jekyll and Hyde, you know, they, uh, you know, they look really really good against one team, and then you turn around the, two days later and you look like a completely different team. And uh, and a lot of that just the different uh, teams in the G-SAC and having to travel and and uh, uh you know, with the California Arizona, you usually. Uh, uh, going to Arizona play two games if you're a california team and then vice versa you know if you're an Arizona team you go go Thursday Saturday out in California when you take your road trips and then uh, obviously you, when you're California you play your California teams and uh you know it's, it's a little bit less travel but uh um you know it's one thing to just to comment off it, OUAZ in you know, Arizona had, had a big weekend um went with uh, big wins over uh, Westmont and Masters and uh you know you're you're turning the look at you know, like you said, who those teams get in? I think, I think five teams for sure uh, probably get in from the GSAC. Uh, that six team is going to be up in the air. But you know, the one thing I was looking at when I was putting together the the uh, brackets uh, this past week for for the bracketology report, you know, Pat, if you if you're a if you're a one seed and you've earned one seed and you see the four in your pod as William Jestup, you know, <laughs> a team that was up top earlier in the year. You know, I got to think that you're a little bit nervous when you see them pop up. Their record's not going to scare you, uh, but, you know, when you have Miles Corey and you have Cashman Williams, uh, two electric scores on that team, and then you got some guys, like you said, if they can figure it out and make the tournament, uh, they're a dangerous team still, nonetheless.
1: Yeah, no thank you, right? And and we see that with teams every year. Last year was IU Kokomo, right, where a team that just came on strong the second half of the season and really just – it's the old cliche who can get hot at the right time. Right. And like you said, Jessup has the pieces that just, you know, have been struggled and that Jekyll and High comment is so true. If you, if you pay attention to the G sack and how it's been all year long, it's just, it's been, it has been weird. And, and I think it's hard to remember that these are just kids, right? These are 18, 19, 20, 21 year old guys that, you know, that are human. Right. And it's, you got to be able to get up for every game, but I think it's natural to get a little bit tired at this point in the season. I think it's natural to, you know, be a little bit worn down, and you just got to show a little bit of toughness on those road trips uh, to get up for the games.
0: Yeah, and, and then you turn around, and look at the Pack and, and that's something that uh, Morningside has been able to do. They've been able to avoid the the bad games, avoid the the uh, you know, feasting on one another. And then to this point they're sitting at 10 and two in the league and, and the game up over here on Jamestown. So, um, you know, it's, it's, uh, I, I do think that Jamestown is, uh, you know, they're, they're bravely so rain tired right now, but, uh, uh, this Morningside team just, you know, another one of those teams that just gets it done and they've uh, showed it to play each and every night. And, uh, at 16 and three overall, they've, uh, uh, worked themselves into the top 25 and, and a team that, uh, um, you, you know, can make another deep run as they did two years ago at the, at the Indiana National Tournament, and a team we could see in Kansas City. But uh, um, even behind Morningside and Jamestown, you know, it's uh, um, I, I think that uh, uh, Dort Northwestern have, have been rolling a little bit too and uh, have been playing good basketball. And um, it, you know, then you got a Concordia team who's been in and out of the top twenty-five this year too, and they've been struggling a little bit lately. But uh, um, a little bit like William Jessup, who uh, you know, a, a team that if if they can find themselves they're on the bubble and if they can find themselves into the tournament, uh, you know, a scary team to match up against, especially their style of play with the five out. Um, uh, and they're a little bit tougher to guard because of the offense they run. Yeah. I would say the
1: GPAC, be the most forgotten about conference, right? If you could forget about it, an entire conference, certainly have, have some teams that are playing some good ball, uh, right now. And we can move into the seat the and it looks like Tougaloo probably is going to be the one seat here. Um, if all eight teams are going to get into this conference tournament, they'll get one automatic bid, and it's looking like Tougaloo we'll A lot to be determined to kind of in this league, and and who's going to you know challenge them as the you know the league has been a little bit up and down all year long. But Tulu sitting atop the league right now.
0: Yeah, and they've had some close games and been able to 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 find ways to win. Um, you know, I know I know this Wiley team's red hot right now. They've been playing some good basketball and and Dillard's loaded with talent. They've got some, some good, uh, tough non-conference games or non-conference wins. Uh, You know, the one thing that'll be interesting for me, Pat, is just to kind of see, you know, this is the one bid league. And so, you know, has Dillard done enough? You know, they lost to to Xavier this past week, which did not help them uh, on the bubble here as they, uh, you know, they're not completely off the bubble, but they may have gone from the inline to the outline here. Um, you know, and even at ten and three record, uh, you know, you gotta you gotta have your resume account, and you know, it doesn't matter your record's the record, but you know, the the uh, strength of schedule doesn't help them out. And right now, they need to 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 win ball games, uh, or otherwise they're gonna have to win the tournament probably. But, uh, um, it'll be interesting what the committee does here uh, with the GCAC, uh, probably a one bid league, but the, but does a Dillard, team like Dillard uh, sneak into the tournament uh, after that loss to Xavier this week? But turn the page into uh, our next one, the Heart of America uh, Conference. You know, it's another league we we mentioned earlier with the Union and Indiana Wesleyan. Uh, you know, it's it's uh, you can say the same line for all of them. But uh, Death Taxes and, and William Penn uh, winning the Heart of America. Uh, right now, they're they're uh, two games up on Evangel. They do have the tiebreaker as well, uh, as, as they will only play one time, and they did knock off Evangel. Um, but just a team that, and I do, you know, early on the year, I know we, you know, I know some of the willing pin people did not like the fact that we said that uh, the league uh, had, had, uh, uh, you know, the gap in the league is probably not what it's been the last few years. And I still stand by that, but it's a good thing. It's not because willing pins worse. I think the rest of the, I think the league is in general is better this year and the likes of Evangel and uh, mid-American Nazarene, and even a a very talented Peru state team who, um, you know, they just got a division one transfer eligible a semester. Uh, From South Dakota, and and, uh, he was a little rusty in his first couple games, but I I know he had 12 points uh, this past weekend, his first double-finger game, and, um, you you know, those are teams that, you know, I I know the Heart hasn't done well. The Heart's got some great tradition. Uh, They Outside of William Penn, they really haven't done well the last couple years in the national tournament, Um, so it's interesting to kind of see where this league um, can get to, and it's an interesting league also because they get the host bid um, for, for the tournament, so um, they're going to get three teams in no matter what. And I believe uh, from what we learned last year, uh, you know, the host bid. So if, if the third the third team that was going to get in from the heart uh, would get an at-large bid, the host seed would go to the fourth team uh, in the league. And that's only if they believe that they have a 65% win percentage or higher. So uh, it's a complicated uh, <laughs> stretch. <We'll>, or, <clears throat> I have a little deeper into when we get closer to the, the conference tournament, we can kind of talk about the, the auto bids here. But when you're looking at the uh, bracket and the, and the bracketology report, we put it out. Uh, that's why uh, it's shaped up the way it is. But a uh, willing pins rolling right now. Very, very good team. Uh, you know, it's fun to, fun to see, you know, a, a team that lost eight or nine. I think they lost nine uh, seniors from a year ago. Um, and and they've backfilled it. With, they got some older classmen too, but uh, uh, they backfilled it with some sophomores that are playing really, really good basketball. Um, and then they got a good transfer, actually, from the CCAC that you, you probably know and James Pennington. And uh, I know that uh, uh, Pennington has some back issues a little bit early. Uh, they've moved him to the bench here um, just a, a semester here. And he's kind of their scoring threat off the bench. And I think he's – so it's kind of fun to watch a, a player like James Pennington who's an All-American at that uh, yeah. – a couple years ago. Um, he went to William Penn. Uh, you know, the first semester and he he's kind of just like a role guy in the starters, and now he's moved to the bench, and I think he's led him in scoring two last three games. So, um, and I know some of that's probably his back issue too, but cool to see a player like him who, who's had a good career elsewhere, um, is now coming to William Penn and, and uh, starting starting to really play some good basketball as well, and that'll only help uh, that William Penn team. Yeah, Pennington certainly he's
1: a certified bucket, but I think it's interesting your your comments about you know, the level of play just within a league as a whole. People have to understand that's really important. It's important for your league to get national recognition and and kind of, you know, be seen in a different light. If if your league can be seen as competitive, that is going to benefit everybody in the long run. It's so important, you know, just for the respect at the national level. And you hear us talk about certain conferences, you know, that might get six teams in or might get five teams in, whatever it is, that comes with respect. That comes with, you know, people seeing value in the wins that you have uh, across the board, you know, when it comes to league play. So that that is a good, important note to hit on. And we'll talk about, you know, one of the leagues that I think has been playing really, really well in the KCAC. And this is another big league with 14 teams and and only eight make the conference tournament. And if you want to circle just a tournament to watch in general, it's probably – might be the one. Um, obviously, Oklahoma Wesleyan is, is playing really, really well right now. I think they've won, what, like 15 in a row or something like that. Um, and Southwestern is starting to slide. I think they've lost two in a row. Um, but if they can get, you know, right, it will be them. Uh, you know, Oklahoma Wesleyan and then Kansas Wesleyan kind of co- competing for the title. And we, we've talked a lot about, um, you know, teams that are competing for maybe the last spot or, or middle seeding. This one, I, I think, could be, you know, a battle for the, the top seed between three teams, three really, really, really good teams. Uh, so going to be really interesting to watch.
0: Yeah, and and unfortunately, you know, for teams like Southwestern, who, uh, uh, you know, they've dropped three uh, of their last four games, three games, I know, since the uh, the last rankings came out. So um, you got to expect a little bit of a drop for them in the rankings. But I believe those losses were by, like, uh, one – um, two. They lost by two to. Uh, excuse me. They lost by two to Oklahoma Wesleyan. I believe they lost by one or two to Ottawa, and then even that Kansas Wesleyan game on the road. Uh, you know they lost by I think it was just like six or seven. So, uh, three really good games. Uh, unfortunately, they just were on the the wrong end of those. And um, uh, but like you said, a very very good team there. Um, that uh, uh, you know, trending in the wrong direction. But you know, it's one of those teams too that. Do you really want to see them in your, in your pod? If they drop from one seed, you know, one of those one seeds of the pods to a, a two or three, probably not a three more of a two, but um, you know, a, certainly a, a strong team that uh, um, has a lot of, of star power on that squad and, and can play, play some good basketball. So yeah, that's a, a three group or a group of three. Oklahoma wasn't playing as good as anybody in the country right now. Uh, and rightfully so will be the, the number two uh, uh, team in the country uh, here this week in the polls. But uh, um, you know, and in just shifting a little bit into the mid south, uh, a league that uh, right there with the crossroads league is as a, a team that or a league that uh, uh, just been very dominant in the national scene, and, and especially since we moved to one division. Um, you know, Shawnee State the very first year won the national title, and then uh, last year we saw Thomas Moore make the Fab Four. Uh, um, you know, and um, you know they always have guy, always have teams. You know, going back to when we had two divisions, uh, you know, Georgetown, I think one in three last or two of the last uh uh three national titles and then uh one of the years uh that they was a the COVID year, you know, mixed in there. So um, you know, you just have a lot of good teams in this league. Um it's a very deep league and then uh you have a, a team like a free Hardman who's uh had a bad week, you know, losing two games uh uh this week and uh um you know it's just they're still a good basketball program and unfortunately in this league when you hit the road it's, it's very very tough and uh you know you look at a shawnee state team even who, who we just mentioned uh, you know winning the national title uh two years ago um you know they've now knocked off three top 15 teams in the country on their home court so um you know certainly a, a shawnee state team that uh um, you know when they get their defense locked in it's just so dang good and so dang tough and Um, I don't know that there's going to be many teams in the country that are going to be uh, smiling to see them in their pod uh, come to national tournament time. Yeah,
1: you talk about a league that has some serious respect and some serious history. It's going to be fun to watch there. Yeah, and we can transition now into the North Star where all eight teams are going to make it in this one. And the Turbo has now won four in a row, and and Mayville State has won 11 in a row, including a 20-point win. Over the turbo, and it feels like those two are kind of sitting atop, sitting atop the league. You know, gonna duke it out for for the one and the two seed, and you know, the one at large bid is gonna be, you know, hard to come by, and it's gonna be fun to see who can take that one.
0: This is always an interesting league for me because you're gonna end up. Uh, so, so opening round in this tournament is always at the higher seed and then they all meet in Watertown, uh South Dakota thing is Watertown uh, uh to play uh the final four or the Fab four or final four in their league. Um but the semifinals will will be all be in one spot. But uh it's always interesting because so usually this league will end and I, I need to double check to, to make sure it's this way again this year, but usually this league ends on a Saturday and then on a Monday is that opening round of uh the conference tournament or even a Tuesday and uh, you know, so like last year, last two years, you've seen some of these teams. They already have to travel a lot for some of these league games. But if you're gonna go up to Wisconsin play with Turbo, and you're a North Dakota school, like Mayville state, or uh, you know, even even some of these Dakota states, the uh, teams that got travel all the way out there on a Saturday, and then you know, depending on where the seedings come out, you may have to turn around two days, two or three days later, uh, and travel ten or eleven hours back to. To uh to play another game, so um just something watching this league, it's just always an interesting uh t- twist and spin, um uh, and kind of has a has a effect on the league uh, standings. You know, this is a team or a league that Bellevue's uh, uh ran through the last couple of years, but uh, Mabel State's got uh, all the tradition and um uh, just uh, a team that is playing really good basketball, seven and zero in the league. Um, I do want to give a a quick shout out to anybody that's listening. Uh, you know, presentation, unfortunately, is going to shut down um, at the end of the school year. And um, if you're, you know, I know the record's not great. I, I think they've kind of, uh, you know, figured out that uh, or I know they know that they're not going to be back next year. And it's hard to play a game after that. But uh, uh, take a look at their little roster. And if you have an open roster spot and can get some of these players uh, that will be needing a new home, a home, uh, make sure that you do that. So just want to give a quick shout out to presentation, even the coaches, both coaches there. Um, you know, we'll be looking for new homes as well. So, uh, good luck to all of them. And, and, you know, if we can help out in any way, we would love to help, uh, find new homes for everybody. So, um, but moving into the red river, uh, athletic conference, uh, this is the league, uh, actually, still actually has ran, uh, the last few years. And, uh, now you turn around and, and, uh, Shreveport, uh, the last couple of years have been very, very dominant, uh, at national power. Um, and, and they're struggling a little bit right now uh, 15-5 overall, 9-3 in the league. Uh, but at, at right now, uh, Texas A&M, Texas Arcana has the tiebreaker, uh, even though they're both set at 9-3. Um, they do have to travel. Texas Arcana does have to travel to Shreveport coming up here. So, uh, you know, some conference title uh, hopes on the line. Uh, it'll be good. to interesting to see the rankings this week. Uh, you know, Shreveport was holding on to that 23 spot this week. Um, I could see Texarkana uh, jumping ahead of them in the twenty three or twenty four spot, and then I'm going to be interested to see if Shreveport uh, can hold on to a uh, top twenty five uh, spot this week. But uh, um, you know that that Shreveport team is still a very very talented team, and uh, they're another team that uh, you know wherever they end up in the national tournament uh, should be interested to see uh, their matchup because I don't think many people want to want to see a talented team like that because uh, they can turn it on really really quick.
1: Yeah, and your Texas A&M Tarkana is a nice little teaser for for a stock risers report which we'll get to a little bit later but now we'll move into the river states where a 13 league team and 10 teams get in which you know obviously leaves three people on the outside three teams on the outside looking in with with two auto bids and rio is is the team you know that we talked about a couple weeks ago on this podcast is playing really really well right now um and kind of we saw a team last year uh and IU Kokomo come on strong in the second half of last season. Can they make a run at it again this year? We'll see. And then you have point Park kind of sitting there like, uh, Hey, don't forget about me. Right. But they've also been playing really, really well. So um, maybe you can provide a little bit more insight on how this league is, is broken up, but, you know, kind of unique with two, you know, divisions within it.
0: Yeah. Two, two divisions. And uh, um, you know, it's, it's a, uh, only eight teams are going to make it. It's the, I believe it's the top three uh, in each league, and then uh, I believe it's the next two re- best records uh, overall. But uh, um, yeah, you know, Point Park really needed that win this week—a four, four overtime game uh, against IU East on the road. Um, you know, if they can get that win, uh, they're probably probably right now uh, not only going to be a two bid league. But uh, uh, you know, you know, it's, it's one of those other, one of those leagues though that you know it'll be interesting to see what happens if if Rio or, or Kokomo. Uh, does not win uh, the conference tournament or, or if they're not the two auto bids, um, you know, because you're going to sit here in that point park team is dangerous and can win the whole tournament. And, um, you know, I think Kyrie Coates and, and Joe Valry, Valry are, uh, you know, Joe, Va- excuse me, Joe Valry is a, uh, a guy that uh, um, just made the BU of France, top 100 uh, list and uh, a very, very good player out of point park. And um, yeah, just kind of an interesting team. I know that we're, You know, rooting for them, you know, just from a sense that it's good to have a a team from the Northeast that's good Um, just because there's not a lot of NAIT out in the Northeast. And and I think that the more recognition that, uh, you know, Point Park can kind of get out there, uh, hopefully will bring uh, some more attention to NAI basketball as a whole. But uh, um, very, very good league. It'll be interesting to kind of see if some of these, uh, you know, like a West Virginia Tech uh, team who's, you know, been very, very good the last two years can – uh, maybe even get uh, hot and, and make them nat- or make or make a run at a uh, rse uh, conference tournament title as well but uh um yeah just a, a fun league and it'll be interesting to see that shit one shakes out and uh, and then you, you know another another fun league that uh, you got to you got to start watching is uh, uh the student athletic conference and uh you know they're kind of like the heart of america you know they they're a, a league that traditionally you know over the last decade has some great history and, and here over the last couple of years you know maybe the the you know, I don't know if you want to call it respect factor or whatever you want to call it. Um, it just hasn't been there. You're seeing that uh, in the top 25 right now. Uh, you know, I know Langston, who who is having a tremendous year uh, with Chris Wright at the helm. Uh, you know, they they moved up to number three in the country. They did lose their final, the fir- finally lost their first game of the year uh, to add on the road to UNT Dallas. Uh, UNT Dallas is uh, coached by NBA player Josh Howard. Very very good team as well. Just tough team. Um, but then you got a Wayland Baptist team, and, and I, I, I need it. I think I've said this, you know, uh, maybe it was on the last lost files last week or, or the week before. But, uh, you know, this Wayland Baptist team record is not, you know, at 13 and 6, you know, you, you want to see them win some more games here at the end of the year. They were a team last year that was sitting on the bubble, and just they were one of the last four teams that probably didn't get in because they just did not quite. Uh, get that that uh, last night large bid, but uh, Wayland Baptist is a very, very good basketball team, a very talented basketball team. Um, they've got some unfortunate losses. Uh, will, that, will that matter? I don't know, but they just smacked the crap out of UNT Dallas this past weekend, uh, and I think they're coming off back-to-back like 20 uh, point or, or more win, uh, wins in the, in the SAC, uh, or senior athletic conference play, and um, I, I think they're a team that is loaded with talent and is a very, very dangerous team. And Then you have an Oklahoma City team uh, you know, who, uh, again, at ten nine, the record's not going to wow you. Uh, but a, a team that uh, has has a, a little bit of adversity this year and, um, you know, they're, they're starting to get hot at the right time, uh, when I think they're one four in a row now. And, um, you know, a team that, uh, in this conference too, that, uh, to certainly watch out for, and then you got a, a science and arts team, you know, who was a top 25 team to start the year. And I know they've got some adversity with some injuries as well, but, uh, um, you know, they lost the, their last couple games this week. They, they're coming off a week that was not, you know, probably not the week they needed to when, they, when you're talking about a nat- or national tournament bid, uh, an auto bid, or uh, sorry, an at-large bid. But, uh, um, you know, this is one of those leagues, you know, Pat, that I think we're going to be talking about in a month. Uh, they're going to get their two auto bids. But then, you know, where does where does the committee go with this league? You know, me personally, I think that they'd be crazy not to get a third team in from the, from the Sooner Athletic Conference. Uh, they probably could even get a fourth one in if, if some of these teams can, can win and get their record high enough, uh, their win percentage high enough. But uh, uh, ultimately, you know, it's just one of those leagues that uh, uh, you know, that middle group, middle, middle to middle bottom is just kind of eating each other up and, and the records are showing uh, a lot worse than some of these teams actually are.
1: Yeah. And I think that's just the story of March, right? And these records, you can't look at a record. you, you you just got to kind of look at the body of work. You got to look at the field and gotta understand who teams are and and how the league is played, which I think can make things really difficult. And, you know, a lot of it comes down to connections and coaches that you can trust and and have conversations with within the league. Um, You know, when when you think of teams in the national tournament, you know, say for instance, the teams from from the crossroads league goes to play a team in the sooner athletic conference. And, you know, You got to have conversations with those coaches and within the league to to figure out how to play certain teams. So, going to be interesting uh, in that one, and we'll stay south. And we talked about Point Park being a a team that says, hey, you know, what about me? How about the defending national champs who who have just kind of quietly gone about their business? This Loyola team Um, sits atop the league right now and just, you know, business as usual, right? And certainly probably hasn't been talked about enough and, and certainly hasn't been you know considered enough as, as a real threat to repeat um you know obviously lost a lot of talent from last year's team but still have played really really well all year long and then of course the, the faulkner team down there as well has been playing really well lately so they're gonna look to, to make some noise here down the stretch that faulkner team uh and challenge loyola for that number one spot
0: yeah and and you know, only only a certain amount, or only a handful of teams have uh, have made it to Kansas City in back-to-back years, and and Loyola and Faulkner are both one of them. Uh, so, to having two teams from the same league uh, who've made back-to-back trips is kind of fun. Uh, you know, Faulkner's, Faulkner uh definitely has a talent. And I, I think that they're a team that you know is is very dangerous. Uh, Loyola, though, you know, unfortunately, this past weekend they, uh, past week they lost uh, their their twenty sixth game. Uh, Southern States Athletic Conference, uh, a win streak, you know, so they're sitting at 11 to 1 now, but uh, a fun ride for them. And and uh, you know, uh, I think that yeah, those two teams are probably going to be in. Uh, now it just kind of goes to uh, you know, where the committee goes and, and do they get a third team in? I think it's a a team or a league that is better than, than what people are giving them credit for as well. I think you got a life team. Um, they can certainly make a, you know, they need to get the resume probably a little bit better, but record, especially at 13 and five. But, um, you know, unfortunately, you know, it, you got to look at, you know, look at these leagues and, and Pat, I, I think that it'll be interesting to kind of see, you know, if a team finished fifth or sixth in their league standings, but has three or four losses, like a life team, uh, three or four less life losses on the year. Like, uh, you know, you look at life who's 13 and five on the year, but they're sitting at fifth in the league uh, but then you got Stillman, who's third in the league. That has it's and eight overall. You know how do how does the committee view those two teams, and, and where do they put those two teams? And um, you know, ultimately, if you finish fifth in your, you're in your conference standings, uh, do you can you get in over a team that finishes third? You know, that's that's the kind of stuff that will be interesting to watch this year. You know, you know, and, and just kind of turning the page into the Sun Conference. It's it's just kind of a uh, different league, but same story. You know, you got to. Uh, you know, Weber international who's currently leading the league uh, eight and two. Uh, They do have, they have played 10 games, but then you got a a Thomas team who's been receiving votes. Uh, Thomas, Georgia that uh, uh, seven and two, they lost this past week, uh, but uh, they were winning the league. And then you got a St. Thomas team who uh, is also, uh, you know, sitting there lurking behind at uh, six and three, they lost some games early, Uh, but their last three games, they won uh, by 20 points or more, I believe in all three games. So, uh, they're certainly rolling right now as well, and it'll be interesting to kind of see uh, if they can hold on. But, uh, uh, you know, this is a league that uh, only gets six teams into this league, and, uh, yeah, it's going to be kind of fun – or not going to be kind of fun. It's going to be really fun to watch the last uh, here 30 days to see kind of what shakes out in this league. Yeah, and
1: I'll wrap here with Miles with the Wolverine Hoosier. And, you know, this is a team – I think one thing we – or a league, one thing we haven't really talked about is that fight for the second auto bid. You know, a lot of these teams have two auto bids, and, you know, who is going to compete for that? You know, some of these leagues have a runaway, right? Which, you know, is not uncommon, but that second auto bid is going to really be up for grabs in a lot of these leagues. And I think this is one of those those situations here. This one team, you know, in all of the NAI that probably hasn't gotten enough respect and probably hasn't, you know, I think they've really established themselves as Indiana Tech, who's been really, really good. And Grant Smith is the guy who came over from Indiana Wesleyan and kind of, you know, was a steady guiding hand for what felt like five, six, seven, eight years there in Indiana Tech. And, you know, it's it's been really cool to see them establish themselves as, you know, kind of almost a, a traditional power here in the NAI.
0: Yeah, that league is going to be a, a lot of fun to watch shake out, and uh, Indiana Tech uh, certainly, uh, you know, certainly deserves some respect. And, and I think that uh, you know, I know that the the Tech fans were not happy that they were ranked behind Indiana Wesleyan uh, in the in the last top twenty five. Uh, with the Indiana Wesleyan loss this past week, I, I wonder if uh, um, you know if that'll that'll shift anywhere shift at all uh, to Indiana Tech, but. Uh, um, you know, it's, it's going to be something to watch out for. I don't think that the, the rankings are going to matter much. Both of those teams are going to be in in the tournament no matter what. Uh, uh, I think Indiana Tech uh, here with a two-game lead, uh, you know, a lot can happen. I mean, you can lose two games in a week and, and, and uh, bring everybody back into it. Uh, but as good as they played and as, as consistent as they've been this year, uh, for sure for sure, a team that uh, uh, holds their, their cards in their own hands. So, um you Know it'll be interesting, interesting to see what happens behind them, like you said. Uh, but uh, you know, this this is good for us. I know it was, it's a long uh, uh process, but uh, reviewing the conference standings, I think, right now, heading into this last month, is very very important. Uh, just for everybody that listens to kind of you know, maybe they don't aren't paying attention to some of the other leagues, or or I know a lot of teams, you know, they or a lot of people they really pay attention to uh, the top 25 schools and then the teams in the leagues that they follow, but uh. Uh, maybe not know much about the other leagues, and as we, you know, are the road to Muni podcast, you know, it, it start start to get used to uh, hearing some of these teams' names who are going to be in the national tournament, and that you can't have a road to Muni, uh, or you can't be on the road to Muni until you know who who's kind of on the journey and on the road to get there, and, and I hope that this helped paint the picture a little bit, um, you know, but uh, moving forward, I think it's time to to kind of go into uh things uh, uh for our stock riser report pat uh, i know that uh, uh you and i both have a few so let's just go ahead and jump right into that the stock riser report
1: okay and my first stock riser you know we've talked a little bit about the lost files and This was on my list last week, and I'll carry it over this week, even though they lost on Saturday. Texas A&M, Texarkana, has been playing some some real good ball lately. I I think they have, have kind of quietly, you know, their stock has been rising. You know, they were able to rattle off about six wins in a row. They lost, this, like I said, on Saturday to Texas College. But certainly feel like they're getting hot at the right time. Um, If they can bounce back after this one and and continue that momentum, um, look for them. Obviously, Monty Whitlock of of Last Chance U fame has been playing well for them. And so just a cool story there down there.
0: You know, it's funny, Pat, because you and I, uh, we don't talk about our stock risers uh, beforehand. So it's kind of always fun to uh, see where we're both at. And I actually uh, had one I'm carrying over from last week. As well, and and uh, sticking with the Texas A&M, uh, Texas Arcana theme here, uh, Kobe Powell, who just has had a tremendous career uh, at the Texas a m and m and uh and you know I, I like to you know we we use the the uh, fun phrases on on Twitter just to kind of draw attention, but to to some of these players too. But uh, you know we, we with Kobe Powell, we we've kind of settled in with with uh, Kobe Powell, small but mighty, and uh, it's just so true. I mean, uh, here's a guy that, that is. Listed at 5'9", I think that's probably his basketball height is 5'9". You know, I think they added an inch or two to his height here. But uh, uh, watching him play, just a lot of fun. Um, He can really score the rock. I know he's had uh, several games in the 20s and 30s this year. Uh, But even more so, uh, when I say small but mighty, uh, you're, you're talking about a kid that just absolutely competes on the glass. Um, I can't tell you how many double doubles he's had this year with with uh, ten or more rebounds and he usually hangs out even at the seven or eight rebound mark and just a kid that uh um uh, you know just a kid that's playing some really good basketball and it's you know, he's been an all league performer and and, and and just having a tremendous career. And I think that it's uh uh feeding off your your Texas a- or your Texas Arcana uh team wise, I think that it starts with Kobe Powell and, and he deservedly so is uh is on his way to uh maybe being the conference uh, player of the year. Yeah, uh, that's a
1: good call out. My next one is going to be union. And this is a team we were talking off the air that I think has kind of slid under the radar and has all the makings of a national title contender. They're going to jump up in the rankings this week because all those teams lost. And we were talking, you know, can they guard though? They certainly can score with everybody. Can they find it within themselves to defend? And the one thing that makes you a little bit worried about, you know, tournament play, speaking of the road to Muni, is defense travels. Sometimes you can run into a cold shooting night. Sometimes the gym gets a little funky. The backdrops gets get a little bit weird. Can a team, you know, find the toughness to dig in and defend? They certainly, union can score with everybody. They, they have a high-powered offense and I would love to see a team like that just kind of make a run, you know, not necessarily coming out of nowhere, but, but certainly, you know, haven't been talked about at length, like we've talked about Arizona Christian, like we've talked about grace and Indiana Wesleyan union has has come, you know, just quietly steady, steady, you know, up
0: the rankings. Great point on union. It's a, it's a fun one. And and a team that they actually beat uh, earlier on the year is a team that I'm going to jump to next. Um, and And that's Shawnee state. Uh, you know, coming off a, a big weekend where they uh, knocked off Freed Hardman, a Fried Hardman uh, team that's been playing as good as anybody in the country. Um, you know, they've got wins now. Uh, I know they lost last week to, uh, at Georgetown, but uh, they got wins uh, at home against uh, three top 15 teams in the country. I, I know Waller Gymnasium team is, is one of the toughest places to play, and they tire in the eye. Entire, entire but, uh, um, you know, this is a Shawnee State team that um, – you know at 14 and 7 they they the two wins this week really helped them out uh go from 12 to 7 to 14 and 7 um i know there's a win percentage uh uh you know guideline that you, you need to be at to to be in consideration to for the national tournament but uh uh you know as you're talking about a, a road to Muni podcast i think a team that um if you want to you want to go do an early team that you know maybe surprising team that can make Kansas City i, I think Shawnee State uh, is one that uh uh, you know, you, you might want to circle a little bit as the, the you know, national champs from two years ago are starting to get hot.
1: Yeah, that's a good call. And, and I'll wrap up here with, you know, a little bit of a change. This cardinal Stritch team, I got to tell you guys, a lot of people know that I call a lot of these Holy Cross games. Cardinal-Strich has not won a single game all year long. They have a coach there, Creighton Nash, in his first year, was an assistant there when they won a national title? The way he has had this team buy in and compete, uh, I have never seen anything like it. When I was a freshman at Holy Cross, we were four and twenty-six, and we had some of the worst attitudes. Some, of, you know, a lot of the guys, you know, it was just like when you get to this point in the season, you end up defeated. You end up, you know, not really being excited um, to even go to games, really, to even go to practice. I have never seen a team with a better attitude. I have never seen a team compete harder for the way their season has gone. It, it, is, it is truly – it is incredible. And you can – it says a lot about the coach to get guys to buy in like that, to get guys just to show up every day with a good attitude and compete. So credit to Creighton Nash. I, you, sometimes you just know when you have the right guy for the job, he feels
0: exactly like the right guy for the job love that one man love that one that's a you know we, we can spend all the time we want to on, on people that are trending up and i know they have won uh games this year but uh uh cool cool to hear those that kind of stuff and and uh i, I think that uh um, if you're if you're certainly talking about a uh, uh a program that you know you know does have some tr- some tradition to it a little bit um you know it's it's playing hard is one of the most ultimate compliments you can get and i know you've uh, told me several times uh, over the last few weeks here that you've been really impressed by them. So uh, kudos to you to give them the shout out. I, I like that one a lot. Um, I'm actually going to stick to kind of a similar theme with my last one here. Um, Brandon McGruder uh, at Mayville state took the job on November 7th. Uh, the season had already started uh, and, and just the interim uh, head coach right now, uh, you know, and, and he did not make the schedule. So I know there's been some criticism of some of the schedules that they've, that they've had and, um, you know, but ultimately right now, uh, he, he's got Maybell State sitting at 16 and three on the year. Um, and, and in league play right now, we mentioned that are seven and oh, uh, they won 11 straight games right now. Um, you know, you can say what you want about the North star. You can say what you want about the, the non-AI teams they've played, uh, for a coach to be able to come in, uh, on November 7th and take over the reins of the program. And then, not only that, but get the buy-in factor right away um, and just be able to to get this program, uh, you know, continue to win because this is a winning pro- program. I mean, Mayville State's used to winning. Uh, and to have them now winning 11 straight games and, uh, you know, like I said, uh, 7-0 in league play and currently sitting in first place is is really awesome to see for them. But, Pat, uh, I think that's enough uh, recap for uh, from league standings and, and kind of some of our stock risers, I think uh, – uh, it's time to give uh, the audience some games uh, we're looking forward to this week. What you got for me? Yeah, so we
1: talked a lot about, you know, how these not every team makes the conference tournament and, and how, you know, it's not just about the one versus the two, but some of these middle ground seedings. You look at a game like Ottawa versus McPherson, this is a team, you know, a battle of, of two teams, you know, just wanting to make their conference tournament, wanting to play for seeding. And so I th- I think when we look down the stretch, yes, it's it's cool to see ranked team ranked versus ranked teams, but some of these other games are, are gonna be just as competitive and just as meaningful.
0: I'm gonna jump on Monday as well. I think uh uh two p.m. uh two p.m. today, uh, as you're listening to this, uh uh Tougaloo versus Dillard. And and we've talked about Tougaloo a little bit. I know that people not don't necessarily know a lot about the GCAC and uh, you got a Tougaloo team who's uh, only one loss in the year, but you got a Diller team who, like I just mentioned earlier, is is trying to fight for for a bubble or to be they're on the bubble, but they're trying to fight to be on that inside of the bubble. And uh, right now, uh, they need a win and and, and a signature win, and, and uh, a win over Tougaloo, uh could hope could maybe help boost their resume enough to get them over. There's a lot of season left, uh, but you know a team that is on the bubble uh, who doesn't have a lot of opportunities to maybe get. A big time win. Uh Tougaloo is probably the best team left on their on their schedule and, and uh and this seems like a, a quote unquote must win uh this early in the season or this late in the season.
1: Yeah, it certainly does. And you know, if you follow me on Twitter, you know there's an old saying that says in forty nine states it's just basketball, but this is Indiana. And on Wednesday night, Indiana is gonna be the hotbed of NAIA basketball. It's Grace takes on Mary in a in a massive, massive crossroads league. Showdown and certainly you know seeding implications on the line there. Two, if you want to see a high level game, that's going to be it. That's going to be an absolute war. Two of the best teams in all the NAI going at it. And then I'll just you know have to do it. The number one team in the CCAC travels to Indiana to take on who might be the hottest team in all of America, the Holy Cross Saints. Um, If winning one game in a row makes you the hottest team, that's what you have. But Certainly like we talked about they, they have been the, the, the you know top seed, you know, slayer here was they beat Saint X and then they beat all of it. Can they continue the trend as they take on D Brown's Roosevelt
0: team? Are you calling that game Pat? I am. Yeah,
1: yeah. So tune in. You want to, you think I'm crazy on this podcast, wait till you hear me on on, on that broadcast.
0: <laughs> yep, yeah, I'd love to see it. I, I will be watching that game. I enjoy listening to Pat. So uh for, for all those out there. Uh, you know, if you can't get enough pad on this episode, make sure uh, you tune in that one as well. But, uh, uh, yeah, and then turn around. I, I think I, I'm going to jump into Thursday night. Um, uh, you know, uh, freed, freed went to Georgetown and knocked him off. Uh, now is going to head to freed Hardeman uh, this week for a top probably what well, Thursday, the rankings come out Wednesday, so we'll have the new rankings. But, uh, right now it's a top 15 showdown and it, it uh, it should remain a top 15 uh, matchup here. Um, I think that this is going to be a really awesome game. Uh, Freed Harbin's coming off of a two-game losing streak, uh, hitting the road. They're going to return back home, and uh, it doesn't get any easier as a, as Georgetown is is a very good basketball team as well. And I'm really looking forward to that game on Thursday night. Perfect, and I'll wrap
1: up here with with Point Park and IU Kokomo on Saturday. Um, just an absolutely, you know, massive, massive matchup uh, in the River States Conference. So. Yeah, top seeding on the line there, you know, as, or, you know, two versus three, whatever it might be, um, as we head down to the final stretch of the season. Um, certainly major conference, you know, seeding implication on the line there.
0: We have another uh, big Saturday ahead, and, and we saw some chaos, like we mentioned, uh, this past Saturday with uh, with all the top 10. Well, top 10 teams went down, but uh, top 25 teams uh, as a whole. Uh, you know, I, I believe we had eight teams went down and, and four inside the top ten. So, uh, you know, I expect another big Saturday ahead. I think that, you know, running through some of the games on Saturday, uh, you know, Cornerstone at Rochester is you're looking for uh, two teams that are looking for, uh, you know, potential potential uh, auto bids or sorry, potential at large bids. Uh, you know, they're they're both teams that are probably on the bubble right now. And uh, Rochester, uh, you know, to hold on to a top three spot in that league would be huge and Cornerstone. Uh, who was fifth, got a bigger win uh this past weekend at Lords. Uh and now they turn around to play uh, at Rochester. So uh and, and earlier in the week this week they're actually gonna have another big one uh against Indiana Tech. So uh this, this cornerstone team, uh you know, this is a big game three of, of that big week for them. Uh you know, as they knocked off Lords and they travel to uh Indiana or then they host Indiana Tech uh midweek and then they turn around and play at Rochester on Saturday. So uh you gotta look forward to that game and then Turn around. You got Grace Indiana Wesley in uh, mid afternoon on Saturday as well. Uh, you know, I know you talked about uh, a lot of the good action that's going to be in Indiana on uh, on Wednesday, I believe it was. But uh, uh, Saturday, you're going to have uh, right now it's a top 10 matchup. We'll see what happens to Indiana Wesley, and they should be flirting right around. Uh, a top 10 spot as well, but, uh, and the rankings come out this week, but, uh, um, you know, then you look at the sun conference and a uh, St. Thomas team that's been rolling has traveled to Kaiser Who and Kaiser early in the year, uh, went knocked off St. Thomas, uh, at St. Thomas. So, you know, if, if St. Thomas is looking for a Sun uh, regular season title and, and to be a one seed, uh, they're going to have to get through Kaiser on the road in this one. So, uh, looking forward to that one. And then, uh, continuing to, to go down the, the big Saturday list here, you know, uh, um, I think there's some underrated games too. You know, uh, uh, in some of these other leagues, uh, uh, you, you know, you got Central Baptist uh, traveling to Columbia. You know, we talked about Columbia, uh, who, who's a team that is leading the league right now, but uh, with just being one game up uh, on, on uh, Missouri Baptist, but they're two games up on on Central Baptist, and if Central Baptist can go on the road and steal one uh, here, they can move into one game behind as well, and that would just cause some c- complete chaos. Uh, in the AMC. So, uh, you know, it's one of those things that, you know, you got to look all the way across the board here and uh, just so many dang good games and and so many teams that, uh, uh, you know, like the Northwestern and Jamestown and USAO at traveling to North Texas, Dallas, uh, you know, teams that are, you know, are flirting with that bubble line uh, that, that, you know, need to have some wins here. So uh, going to be, be another big Saturday. Uh, I don't know that we'll, we'll, we'll see another, uh, you know, four teams go down inside the top 10, but, uh, uh certainly a, 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 big Saturday ahead, big week ahead, but big Saturday to end the week. Um, and we're really looking forward to a lot of these games. Uh, and we should know a lot more, uh, here, uh, about a lot of leagues after this week. Um, so if, hopefully you got a little bit of, uh, pain, pain in the picture on the road to Muni, uh, as the, as the conference standings, uh, as we reviewed all that, but, uh, uh Pat, uh, a lot can change as we know in these standings and a lot of the things we just discussed today uh, can completely change by next week. So um, at least we'll have, at least we kind of uh, had a foundation for everybody. Um, and I know that as, as we move into this big week ahead, uh, we'll, we'll recap some of it next week. Uh, but until next week, uh, this Pat Patton Jr. signing off.